When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Alex Stumpf. Chris, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Uh, doing a little bit better than uh, th- this is one time where I'm not jealous because you're in Philadelphia and yeah. I'm not. And yeah. uh, <laughs> now you're going to be turning the tables on me in a couple of weeks whenever I'm in Cincinnati and you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can make whatever Philly joke you want. I'm, there are very few places on this earth I would rather not be than Cincinnati. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm great. I mean, this is uh, got to you know cover a, a, a near historic uh, Pirates game this week, uh, and not the type of history that we that we would like to see this team accomplish, but. Uh, uh, no, I mean, other than that, man, it's been it's been good, and uh, just kind of hoping that the season can end a little bit uh, better than it's going right now. Yeah, I mean this this has been a rough month. I think more than anything between losing Stratton and Katana at the trade deadline, and just the number of losses that have come in mass. This has been one of the rougher months we have seen out of Pirates baseball since what. August and September of 2019. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty rough. I mean, it's actually gotten so rough now that I, I had a, a buddy of mine uh, just a few days ago say, uh, how much do you want to bet that they will lose 100 games before they win 50? And I was like, well, they're only three wins away from getting 50. So I will bet you like a thousand dollars that they win 50 games before they lose hundred and that will still happen. But the way they've played over those past few days, I've been like, mm, maybe I shouldn't bet a thousand dollars, but no, I mean, it's, that's obviously hyperbole, but it's, it's, it, it really is starting to get that bad, especially whenever I'm, you know, I go for a few days of covering Steelers and I come over to the ballpark to cover. And the one game that I cover for this week was a 14 to two blowout. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's it. Yeah. It's been a rough month for the, for the pirates and uh, that's to be expected uh, for it to be a more rough, you know, a couple of really impactful veterans that were in the clubhouse are no longer there. Um, 
and not only their presence in the clubhouse, but obviously their presence on the field and their presence and, and what, what they're able to not now Stratton was obviously, you know, pretty volatile to say the least, but still, you know, had, had some really good stretches and obviously Quintana and what he did for the rotation. Um, but it, you knew it was going to be a little bit more rough as, as it goes down the, as this team goes down the stretch, but yeah, it's, it's been, a little bit more than just oh, it's a it's a bad story. No, this is this is pretty bad. This is pretty hard to watch at times. Well, I've got some good news, and some good news for the Pirates because Chris and I have come up with a list of five things. We're gonna just rattle them off each one after the other here of what the Pirates need to do in September to have mm. a successful final month of the season. You know, to to at least cross the finish line a little stronger, right there. And I'll, I'll bat lead off on this one. And this is the one that I think more than anything needs to happen. It's O'Neill Cruz hits. Yeah. Even if it's just for a month, let's build a head of steam going into 2023. And if you want to look at it, I think this past week could have been a good sign of that. Mm-hmm. He homers one day. He has the 122 mile per hour base hit, which I know some people are going to just eye roll at that. But when was the last time you heard him making some absolutely ridiculous hard contact like that of late? It's a good sign that he's hitting the ball better. He's driving it better. Build off that. Build off that. Get a groove going these last couple weeks, this last month. Have something tangible whenever we go into 2023 saying, yeah, it wasn't a good rookie season but he figured some stuff out at the end. That That's a good one. And, and I can attest to seeing that 122.4 laser in person um, that I don't care that it was only a single that was impressive mm-hmm. um, to hit a ball that hard to have the capability of it. And that's why that is that imp- that stat is so impressive it's not the fact that, oh, it was only a single because that's like been the it just, just having the capability of hitting the ball that hard and the fact that it was on a slider. That's what he should be doing to sliders that are hanging in the middle of the plate. Not saying he should be hitting them 122 miles an hour, but he should be crushing them. And over time, as he continues to learn how to hit, and that is one thing that would like to your to your point here that would help would be, OK, this is what he does or this is what he should be doing against whenever a guy leaves a slider hanging in the middle of the plate, I'm going to demolish it. And that's exactly what he did. He just hit a line drive instead of hitting in hitting it into the Allegheny. Um, uh, I, okay. So the next one I got for you is also kind of in the same thing, but I'm going to go onto the, uh, onto the mound for both Mitch Keller and JT Brubaker finish strong for both of those guys. And the reason why is because yes, they've had, a good first four months of the almost four months of the season, but how many times do we see pitchers fall off at the end, either because they get tired or especially if it's like their first time really taking the ball every fifth day without any, you know, lengthy interruptions on, you know, with, with a, a trip to the IL or whatever. But if both of these guys can finish the season strong and, and pretty much start in the rotation and end in the rotation and, have this body of work over the course of an entire season. I think that is huge for going into next year, not only because 
of the workload that they can take they can take on next year. But in terms of just development of, of becoming a major league starter and being able to take the ball every fifth day and and when your arm gets tired, like we saw with Mitch Keller, you're able to, oh, okay, we can give you a couple of days and then you can get your velocity back. Now, it wasn't all the way back, but still maxing out a 96.3 and consistently hitting 95, 96, 95, 96. That's obviously a good sign that that was that what happened uh, the, uh, a week prior might've just been a blip on the radar. Um, it might've just been oval. And from what it sounded like, it was just overall fatigue of, you know, having to cross three time zones and, uh, you know, all the other factors that he has to deal with. And those are things that he will have to deal with. Um, but learning how to get through that stuff and pitch through it and, but also pitch through it without sacrificing uh, long-term health, you know, you start, you know, letting your mechanics go and then all of a sudden you blow your arm out because, you know, you didn't do well. So I think if both of those guys can finish strong, I think that'll be, that'll be really, really big. Uh, for uh, the rotation going into next year, regardless of what they do over the offseason, if they bring Katana back possibly or bring in another veteran to help eat innings. I think if both of those guys, because they've been, they've definitely been the story of pitchers who are taking steps forward, and if they can f- make it a complete body of work, then I think that's uh, a very encouraging sign going into next year. I'm going to really highlight Brubaker in that because I, I know you weren't here in Pittsburgh covering the team last year. Mm-hmm. I look back to August Brubaker compared to where he is now. And it's so night and day because August Brubaker, he, you could tell he was a little gassed. It was a big jump in innings for him. He would show some good stuff, but he would always leave a couple pitches hanging over. They would pounce on them. Results weren't good. This August I feel like he's done some of his best pitching that he's ever done. He had that mm-hmm. brilliant start not that long ago. Um, the last start, it, it wasn't a good line, and I'm not going to defend the line, but it mm-hmm. was a six-batter stretch where he just stunk. He was just absolutely awful. In a start where the other like six and two-thirds innings, he was really good. You know, so, yeah. I mean, not to say that he didn't deserve a loss because he's because he did there, but if I'm watching him like okay. He still has his stuff. It's late August and he still has his stuff. And that was such a big thing for him Mm -hmm. this year, making sure that he finishes strong and that he could go a whole year. And so far he has done that. And I'm with you. One more month out of him is going to be very important. I'm I'm still a little spooked by Keller's not having his full velocity back. Not that I expected it to be a complete blip on the radar and be all the way back. Good that the average fastball Vila was there, but, would have liked to see him top out a little higher than 96 point, whatever he had there. Yeah. Not that I expected that first start was very eye opening whenever it was that low. Yeah. So, I mean, you roll with that. It'd be good to get him that many innings and make 30 starts too. Oh yeah. Uh, second for me is, and I guess third overall, since that's how we're doing it is <laughs> I want to see some new kids. Yeah, more than anything, we're going to have the rosters expand to 28 players. That is an opportunity to bring up a G1 Bay, to bring up a Mike Burroughs. Just it needs to be someone new. I don't want the rosters to expand, and it's Kevin Padlow. I want it to be players who will have some sort of bearing on this organization in the future. 
Mm-hmm. And because sometimes I look at that clubhouse and I'm like, you could use a couple more people like that in this clubhouse right now. Mm-hmm. And I think Burroughs is going to be a major league stud in, in the last top 10 prospects I did. So it's like, I see a lot of AJ in him and I'm like, Oh yeah, you, you're going to see a lot of AJ in this guy. There, <laughs> there, there definitely is a lot Burnett. So that's cool. I get him a starter two up there. He's been really working in AAA right now. People aren't going to like, like the season stat line, but that was because of a couple rough starts early on, whenever he was trying to learn the level since then he's been dealing. Like, yeah. Get him a look there. Jihuan Bay, once he's healthy, I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be on, on the merit of his play, shouldn't have be, been up here right now already. So bring up a couple kids, make it a little more exciting there. Um, I, I, I was going to hit on hit on that topic, so I'll, I'll go um, another route. And I'm going to go to another uh, player development type thing, but it's a player that's a little bit more established. I want to see Key Brian Hayes finish strong at the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think it, any anybody who's really dove into the numbers, and I'm talking about traditional analytical um, across the board. I think we, I, I think we could all agree that he is just one, just one thing away from becoming a very, very good major league hitter. And that's just hitting the ball in the air a little bit more often. That doesn't mean becoming a fly ball hitter. It just means turning some of those ground outs into line outs and turning those line outs into line drives and just raising the launch angle by the average launch angle by two or three degrees. Um, Now that's quite a bit. And his launch, his overall launch angle has increased you know from what it was last year um and so let's see that trend continue let's see i mean now granted it was the ninth inning of a 14 nothing or 14 to one game but you know uh, hayes hit one of those type of line drives that we know he's capable of hitting in that ninth inning i think it, i think it was to, to drive in the second run if i'm if i'm not mistaken i might be i don't, I don't know i'm trying to not remember a lot of that game. Um, but he did hit a ball very, very hard and it went right into the gap. And it was a, it was what it was the type of hit that you would expect of a guy of his particular skill set um, at the plate. And so if he can do that more often, if he can finish strong in, in that regard, uh, I, I, that's what I want to see because I, I do think, when we're talking about building a, a contending lineup here, he has to be a part of it. Uh, not only because he's under contract, for, you know, he signed a 10 year contract, so he is going to be here. But um, if one of your, if your overall defensive stud who should win gold gloves at third base in his career um, can become a very good major league hitter, and we're all, and we can see that he's capable of it. That's what I want to see. I want to see a strong finish there. I want to see him hitting the ball really hard, and I want to see it in the air a little bit more often. Uh, I think if he were to have a a prolonged stretch where he does that, I think that's very very good for the Pirates going forward and for the rest of the years to hopefully salvage some 
some, some maybe some games. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those. Whenever the Pirates lose Hayes and Sean says, "Oh, he lengthens our lineup." It's a good thing back. It's like he should. He should. He also has a ninety OPS plus right now. Yeah, like it's it's a sub seven hundred OPS. Like he should be lengthening out the lineup. He can lengthen out the lineup. Mm-hmm. This last month, lengthen out the lineup. I'm one hundred percent with you on that. Yeah. And the last one is probably the most uncontroversial and the most blunt. Don't lose a hundred. <laughs> Find some way, rattle off. All it really is going to take is like a three or four game winning streak, whatever you don't exactly expect to win three or four. Yeah. That you hand the ball over to, to Roe, Keller, Brubaker, and they just all have a good start. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not, this isn't asking for the moon. They, they have to win what, like 16 games? They, they need to go like 16 and 22. They can do that. If a major yeah. league baseball team cannot go 16 and 22 at some point over a 38 game stretch, that's a problem. They have yeah. done it, they can do it. It's just don't lose a hundred. The last time this organization lost two, lost 100 games two years in a row, you have to go back to 52 through 54. Yep. Like, just don't do that. That's, I think that's a very reasonable final request or ultimate benchmark. That would mean that you beat some good teams down the stretch or at the very least really beat up on the bad teams that you got to face. Mm-hmm. You don't have that stink on you for another year. Finish strong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, yes, result the overall results at this point in the season, in the grand scheme of things, I, I don't want to say they don't matter, but it's Every, not. I'm, I'm going to let you finish there. I'm going to yeah. butt that. No, no, no. I'm not, saying, I'm not going to say they don't matter because they do, because this team needs to learn how to win. Yes. They, 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 that, that needs to become a part of the culture. Um, I'm saying like in the grand scheme of things, like if it's the difference, because you know, the draft lottery next year, if it's the difference between a third overall pick and a fifth overall pick that, that, that should not be the, the the focus. The focus should be, yes, finish strong and learn how to, okay. If you're down three, two going into the ninth inning, okay. Losing by a run here is not going to be an option. We have to come back and tie this thing or, you know, at least tie this thing, if not win it, you know, whatever, Whatever needs to, to happen, you know, getting on that starter early in the game, you know, punching him in the mouth in the first inning and putting up a crooked number uh, right away. You know, just the different things that that winning teams that you look across baseball and you see what the winning teams do and what they do well, do those things. And you're not going to be able to do them as well with this group. Uh, I understand that. Nobody should expect that. But learning how to not. For, and this goes back to your to your to your you know previous point. Uh, watching a fourteen to two game, it 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 should have been through. Keller should have been through four innings with two, with two runs allowed. Should have been two nothing going yeah. to the bottom of the fourth, and the game just got completely turned on its head because of a guy who's playing first base that should not be out there not at all, but especially playing first base. Like if you have anybody, you have Michael Chavis there, that play probably happens. And it's who knows what happens at that point. Yes. It's the Braves and yes, it's, you know, that's they're the defending world champions and they're still a very, they're really good baseball team and the pirates still may probably lose that game. But 
give your give your guys, give the guys that are going to be here a chance to learn what it takes to to win, to put results up. We can talk about the fact that this team is going to lose a lot of games and that it doesn't matter if they lose 95 or 98 or whatever. No, that they they need to learn how to they really need to learn how to manufacture wins. They need to this results have to start mattering. I, I know I think <laughs> all of us here at DK Pittsburgh Sports have been hammering this ever since Ben Sherrington started talking about progress that tangible results have to start happening and if and, and teaching this team how to win I think that's a that's a huge thing I, I like this point of discussion rather than rebut here we're going to take a break this is going to be our Ooh. second segment here we're, we're going to talk more about progress and winning here in a minute I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Chris led this off really well with that last segment because yes to all of that. And I know I've said this before, but I, I really want to hammer it in again that there is no substitute for winning. Yeah. Whether it's from a, a developmental standpoint, whether it's from a, no, you actually won a baseball game, feel good for a night standpoint. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no substitute for that. And after years of hearing about developmental wins and, and teaching moments, and I put this in Friday Insider, and you're not supposed to really editorialize in Friday Insider, but I, I did whatever I referred to, you know, Cherryton saying Gary Shelton's coming back. And I listed off like, okay, you know, this is why, this is why he's coming back. But then at the end, it's like, that said, you got to win in year four. There is no more excuse right there. All of those brownie points, all of those, mm-hmm. all of the goodwill, that needs to be cashed out. And you need to start winning <clears throat> baseball games in 2023. Something that Cherryton himself has said, like, I, I keep going back to that urgency quote. And I mm-hmm. say that because I hadn't heard him say anything that blunt yeah. throughout this whole rebuild process. It was, oh, you know, we're trying to get better every day. We're trying to, you know, whatever, just like a very 
offsetting like no if we get just a little better that's still trending in the right direction right there now i know urgency isn't this huge thing but it is at least a recognition of we aren't where we need to be yeah and whether that's we aren't where we need to be you know whenever this rebuild is done you know whatever on the other side we're a playoff team we're doing this this and this well or it could be and probably not what would be a minute. We're not where we need to be after three years. Yep. Because like I said, I, I look at that major league roster and not all of them are going to be part of this team moving forward. The same way that I, I could look at a team like Kansas city that has a lot of these young players up there. And yet they are waist deep in a rebuild, but they basically have the talent that they want up here. They have, they're losing their terrible ball club, but they're learning to win together and there is no substitute for that. And that's really what needs to change. And like to tie it back to the first segment, win 16 of 38 or we're recording this before the game, obviously. So you guys obviously know if that's, you know, win 16 of 37 or 15 of 37, whatever it ends yeah. up being there, but find a way there to just string a couple wins together, get that taste in their mouth of what it's like to go into St. Louis and take two games out of three against a team yep. that's gearing up for the playoffs. There is no substitute for that. Put well, yourself well, in the best position for that because in 2023, yeah. you've got to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, I would just point out to the side, what, what has been, if you had to point out one highlight of the season so far, what, what was the one highlight? of this year honestly the first one that came to my mind was the dodgers thank you because that's the first one that comes to my mind they sweep the dodgers that's that's a huge Mm -hmm. moment for a team especially because they had just gotten embarrassed by st louis uh at home and then they turn around uh shortly after and then they take that it was a really hard series in San Diego where they played them hard every single game. Yeah. And, and some of it was self-inflicted. Chris Stratton had a bad outing. Josh Van Meter mm-hmm. forgot that a first baseman has to touch first base. And it, it, was, it was stuff like that. It is three very tough wins or three very tough losses there. And then they go into LA and they punch quite possibly the best team in baseballs, you know, right in the face. Yeah. And they win. Yeah. That I see. That's the thing is that, the biggest highlight of the season. We can talk about O'Neill Cruz throwing the hardest ball ever thrown by an infielder, hitting the hardest ball ever recorded in the Statcast era, and those are all things that those are all uh, you know positive signs of what his overall potential is. And we could talk about oh, this player needs to learn how to lay off this type of pitch. We can learn talk about you know like I mentioned earlier, Key Brian Hayes learning how to hit the ball in the air a little bit more often. We could talk about all of this other developmental stuff. But at the bottom line, at the end of the day you got nine guys on the field and you got all the guys on the bench and you got the guys in the bullpen, those 26 guys. And then later on in September, 28 guys need to learn how to come together and learn how to learn how to win a, a win a freaking ball game. Like th- that's just, that's the, po- that's the whole point of this sport. Go out do whatever, you know, they're going to try it out there, you know, Friday night, they're going to try it out there tonight in, in Philadelphia. You got to win. Like that's just, that's the bottom line. It shouldn't be about, oh, well, you know, we got to try to make sure that, you know, O'Neill does this right. Or, and, and those are all like things that need to happen. Those are all, are all byproducts of turning this team into a winning team. But 
overall, you just got, if you're in the ninth inning, <laughs> you gotta, you got you have to drive in that run. If it's a high leverage situation, you got to do what you got to do in order to get that run. Because how many times are you going to face that in your career? You know, it, this, this shouldn't be a, a live batting practice session or something like that, where you're like, Oh, well, I got to learn how to hit this pitch. I'm looking for fastball only, or I'm learning. I, anytime there's a slider and I see it break it away from me, I'm going to lay it off. Like some of that stuff has to, has to be put aside to be like, I've got to drive in this run here because if I do that, we win the, you know, we have a, a much better chance of winning this game, learn how to win. And that will become, that should become contagious enough where maybe some of those developmental things begin to fall into place a little bit easier. Cause it's a lot easier to do things whenever you don't feel like you're drowning, you know, and for a very, very young roster, it's very, very easy for a young roster. I've seen it happen. It's very easy for a young roster to feel like they're drowning whenever they can't yeah. string together a win or they, it just like, doesn't seem what, what they do. They just can't win a baseball game. Man, I can tell you what, you take two out of three in Philadelphia, you know, you, 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 some, sometimes all you need is a stepping stone and then you, you know, it's an, then take another step forward. And then all of a sudden things become just a tad bit easier. Does it mean that everything developmentally is going to get figured out this year? You don't expect that to happen, but just learn how to win some baseball games, start injecting that into the culture. It, it should already be there, but really make that, okay, this is an expectation now. I don't care who we have in that clubhouse. We have to win period. I'm going to bring back, I had to find this quote again because I, this is my favorite one-on-one quote this entire season that I've gotten. Take it back to that Padres and Dodgers series right after the Padres won. Mm. Will Crow, we have three good weeks and the ball's falling on our way. We're going to be on a lot of people's radar. I think teams are going to realize it's not, quote, just the parts. No, F that. We're a good effing team and we believe it. Three weeks. Yeah. All it takes three weeks. You yeah. have that opportunity this year. You got to take advantage of it. You got to. And if you don't, 2023 needs to bring winning more yeah. than anything else. And Absolutely. I, I, I can't say it more bluntly than that. Not even I, <laughs> not not this year, whenever you go in and you hope for the best, but you don't really have any sort of serious expectation. No, there has to be. Of at least, you know shooting for 500 next year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that has to be, I mean, if, because if you're, how many teams go from, you know, winning 72 games to 92 games, you know, how many teams, teams have a 15 to 20 win swing in a season, like make it the easiest it possibly can be on yourself to, to try to be like, Oh, well, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then in this year, we're going to do a 180. We're going to do an about yeah. face and we're just going to, we're just going to take off. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. Like you, when it, winning has to be, be become the next, the expectation now. Yes. And there is a, there is enough talent in that clubhouse to win more baseball games than they're winning right now. Um, I do think that there are some parts that need to be <laughs> changed out <laughs> and we've already hit on that. Let's see the young kids play. Um, but there's enough talent in that clubhouse to avoid a hundred losses that, that, that I, I, I don't care how the, the, I don't care about the inexperience. I don't care about the, there's enough talent in that clubhouse to, to win at least 63 games. And uh, yeah. I, yeah. So it, it just, 
it has to become more of an expectation. And if it doesn't, then, I mean, Charrington can talk about how Shelton has a job next year. That's all fine and dandy. But if next year there isn't a significant jump in overall results in the win-loss column, things have to change one way or the other. They, they, just, they just have to. Because yeah. you're not gonna be, you're not gonna get to that point of contending if you don't take tangible steps forward. You can talk about, oh well, here are the results, but here's all the progress that's going on behind the scenes. Okay, well, you're about to run that that grace period is running out. Yeah, yeah, they they, they have spent it all in 2022, in my yes. opinion. Yep. If there isn't a nickel left in that account, it's no. Yeah, right. it is that completely. Way. Yep, it's gone. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. we got a little more show left to come up. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later. One of Chris's favorite things here, I, I don't know if he actually likes it, but we're just going to say it's his favorite thing to do here, is whenever I say make a comparison of a Pirates player to a Steelers player. So, Chris, oh. who, who are the Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubitsky, and Kenny Pickett of the Pirates roster? Oh, my God. I will, I will be kind and let you bring up minor leaguers here for, for Kenny Pickett. Oh, man. Um Oh geez, um, I like this because I could make him. I can make the Pirates people and the Steelers people angry at him. But like, you <laughs> thought I was. You thought I was mixing Rudolph. I thought. I thought actually that my my the last time you did this and I I compared uh, George Pickens to O'Neill Cruz. I actually thought that was a that was a solid one. Honestly, you I did, think I, you did too well. I, you did too I well. Think, with I think I knocked that one out of the park. So if uh, you would have, if you would have said, Oh, it's, it's Johan Ramirez. I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Mason Rudolph, um, man alive. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go easy boat here. And you only have to answer two out of the three. Okay. Uh, no, actually, Mason Rudolph might be the. Okay, so I, I'll I'll put it this way because for some reason, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Score. So so here's yeah yeah you you won this round. Um, so with Mason Rudolph, the way I describe Mason Rudolph to just about anybody right now is especially like current Mason Rudolph, what I'm seeing. Um, very very consistent. But the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low. Nothing overly spectacular and nothing, oh my gosh, embarrassing. Just kind of consistently in that, in that mm-hmm. range. Um, I've got a suggestion. Kevin, Kevin Newman? Uh, that, that, that's, that's a pretty solid right there. I, I'm, I, that, just kind of fit that like he's been like, he's been hitting the ball. Well, his batting average is good. Not a lot of slug there, which is why the OPS is low. Um, plays good, not great defense. I, I, I think that's probably the Mason Rudolph right now on the pirates. Yeah. 
Um, man, I I'm I'm I'm, trying, I'm tempted to go take it or Trubisky. With, yeah, take it or Trubisky. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm like going through the entire Pirates lineup and and rotation in my head. Um, I'm giving you minors for Pickett. That's where my mind would go to right there. Yeah. Well, I don't get to pay as much attention to the minor leagues as I like to because I have a whole yeah. other team I have to cover. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know what? I'm gonna say this is this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm gonna compare Kenny Pickett to Mike Burroughs. I could dig it. Um, he's got that dog in him. <laughs> uh <laughs> we've all seen the memes of the dog in him, whether it be the, the stat cast memes or the, or the baseball savant memes or, or the x-ray with the dog. He's, just, he's got that dog in him, man. Like, uh, and the talent is obviously right there in the arm. Um, Got to figure out some, some things, you know, mechanically and, and make sure, you know, that you know how to, approach the i mean things have looked good so far you know and i'm 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 trying to speak so that it doesn't you don't know who i'm talking about whether it comes to either mike burrows or kenny pickett um (laughs) things have looked good so far but once the games matter and you you start you know playing games that that truly matter you know whether in the win-loss column at the major league slash nfl level yeah i did we don't know. Um, we have we have yet to see. Things look good so far, and uh, all the talent is there. But can it be put together? I, that's the best way I can probably probably do it. I think I did better with my Mason Rudolph comparison, but no, I think uh, I think both were solid right there. I just need to check Mike Burrow's hand size next time I see him. It'll be good. <laughs> Okay, I think I think that's the grand finale of this episode right there. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you find five podcasts to get our entire slate of fine shows. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Bye.